Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast weekly sermon podcast. We want you to know that we're excited about our brand new church facility located on 1331 Cove Road in New Bedford, Massachusetts. We offer two Sunday morning services with something for everyone. We have kids classes for all ages so parents can enjoy the service while the kids learn about Jesus. We'd love to host you in person, 9.30 or 11.30 every Sunday. Now here's Pastor Marco with another encouraging word. Hey, my name is Wadley, and I get the uh, privilege to be able to share a message with you this morning. Um, I just spilled water on the pulpit and on my iPad. It's all good. Um, so let me give you a little behind the scenes, right, of how this message came. Um, I got this, we, we moved into a new house with a ton of grass I got to cut. So I got this used uh, lawnmower that came with it. All right, we worked it out with the house. So with me and my mechanic skills, the way I hope things operate is I turn the key and it starts. Right? So the grass is growing. I'm all excited. I got my headphones. I'm like, all right, I'm going to cut some grass. And I turn the key and it doesn't start. All right? Now, I'm looking at this thing, and I never had one of these before. I'm used to just, you know what I'm saying? Um, so the key doesn't start. I'm like, all right, there's a button here. There's a lever here. There's a switch here. Then you got this joystick. I'm like, then you got a brake pedal. I'm like, all right, let me see this gas. <laughs> I know how to do that, right? I look at the gas tank. There's gas. So now I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I don't know what lever to push and what button, to, you know. And here's, as I'm doing all that, I got this, this little, you know, Thing just clicked. I'm like, this thing doesn't have a dashboard. <laughs> I realized why there's a dashboard. Like, a dashboard is not there to have a light go off and say, spend more money. A dashboard is there to help you problem solve. Dashboard is there to say, hey, pay attention to this. Right? So there's my message. That's how it came about. Me struggling with my lawnmower. All right? So, uh, I went on a little ride with a couple of people who know a little bit more about cars, and I asked them a couple of questions about a dashboard. All right, so check out this little video. Hello, my name is Al Silva. First thing I ever fixed on a car was about a good 35 years ago, and it was brakes. The first thing I remember doing, I was probably like eight years old and I was putting a, a master cylinder in a 1971 Chevelle. One of the first things I remember doing on, on cars was uh, my parents actually helped me buy uh, an old Trans Sam and I remember trying to do, like, repainting the whole thing and I really didn't know what I was doing, but uh, that's how it all started. First thing you come up would be your gas light and you have to stop for fuel, because without that, you're gonna be stuck on the side of the road. If you're driving your car and the airbag light comes on, that means there's a, there's a fault with the airbag system, and the airbag may or may not go off, depending on what it is. So one of the lights on the dashboard that you gotta watch out for is uh, the check engine light. It's a good thing that you see the check engine light, because it's giving you a warning of the, of the possibility, that there's a possibility that something could be wrong, but you should, take, you should have it checked out, bring it to your mechanic uh, so they can diagnose 
what the problem is. Um, that can be anything from a very minor issue to something that could possibly damage the car. And the thing to prevent if you don't like your dash lights coming on, make sure you have plenty of fuel and keep your eyes on it and keep, you know, just keep it gassed up. Like anything else, you gotta, you gotta maintain it. If the light comes on, multiple lights come on, just uh, I advise people just to uh, keep on top of it so you don't have to, so it doesn't snowball into one big repair bill. If you don't want any other lights to come on, you're trying to prevent that. Obviously, try to make, keep your car up to date on maintenance. Uh, obviously, um, keep up on the oil changes and, uh, you know, just take care of it. A little helpful hints for you, help you with your car. So quick true story, there was this lady once that I was on my way to crew and she broke down right in front of my house and I was kind of running late and I was about to ignore her and just get in my car and God said, man, who helped the lady? So I go over, I was like, you know, and me and my mechanic goes, what can I do, right? So it turns out she ran out of gas. So we're having this conversation, this lady, her response to me was, I usually have extra gas cans in my trunk with gas for when this happens. I'm like, first of all, that ain't safe. <laughs> and she had car seats in the back. I'm like, your kid's just smelling up all that fuel. But I'm like, how about you just put gas in the car? But you know what it is? Some people like to play games with their, with their alerts, right? Some of you, you know, you look at that light, you're like, all right, I got like, oh, I can go to work and back easy. I can even get to Dunkin' Donuts. All right? So listen, I'm not here to talk about your car because I ain't that person that's going to help you. Um, but I want to talk about your a spiritual dashboard. All right? Our spiritual dashboard. So as we were talking about, when, a light, when the, those lights light up, it's a good thing. Right? One of the guys said, when your check engine light lights up, it's a good thing. I'm sitting in the back seat like, yeah, it's good for you. You're about to get paid. <laughs> it ain't good for me. But he's right. Because that check engine light could be anything. If I do something about it. If I act on it. Right? If I don't act on it, that check engine light could be some real big headaches. Right? The key is this. I believe spiritually we all have a dashboard. I believe spiritually God is always sending alerts and things, right? And things are lighting up to let us know. But the question is, what are we doing with it? Are we acting on it when we see it? There's a verse in the Bible in Acts 7.51 that says this, right? Stiff-necked people. Stiff-necked people resist the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and look at your neighbor real quick and say, you better not be a stiff-necked. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about this. They even make, like, beyond the dashboard, they have this thing now. It's called the HUD. It's called the heads-up display. So they don't even want you to look down. It shows up on the windshield as you're driving. Like, these alerts and these messages are on the windshield. So, like, for those stiff-necked people that, like, people that made the cars, they must have read the, this verse and said, you know, we'll help them out. We'll put it up here so they don't even have to move. Um, but, yeah, I believe God has gauges, Right? As soon as we accept Christ, as soon as we walk into this journey with him, 
right? The Bible says that he gives us, he promised us a helper, a guider, right? A spiritual dashboard called the Holy Spirit. Um, and we, he uses so many things, right? Scripture, obviously, is constantly revealing things, right? Little messages of things we got to work on. He uses people, right? If you allow them to, but he uses people. He uses your family. Those of us that are married, he uses our spouse all the time. He uses our kids. You know, my daughter's in a room, but I'll say this right now. I, my chick, my, I, he uses my kids to check me a lot. Um, and he uses situations and events. Okay? So we're going to talk about our dashboard today. Because um, here's the reality, right? If you buy a brand new car, zero miles, your, lights are probably, your dashboard is probably looking good. You probably don't have too many things to worry about. But if you go out and buy yourself a 100, 150,000-mile car, you better get ready because that thing about to light up, right? And when I look in this room, I don't see too many newborns. I see people with some miles, all right? So with those miles, you got some stuff that's already come with you. You know, I love when pastor says that, you know, people have been acting up for 20 or 30 years. They come to church for two Sundays. They say, why isn't my life changed? And I'm like, no, it's a process. So let's look at our dashboard, okay? I looked at different things that come up on my dashboard, and I try to find a spiritual correlation that goes with it. So here we go. Let's get right into it. We're going to talk about our seatbelt. Seatbelt is the need for boundaries and need for safety. Let me, let me ask an honest question. How many of you do not refuse to put on your seatbelt? All right? Somebody, those, those of you that absolutely refuse it, all right? The next person next to you, you better shake them up. All right? Tell them, buckle up. It'll save your life. So I got pulled over once, and I wasn't wearing my seatbelt. Right? So I did it. I don't know if anybody else has done this, but so I was like, all right, how far back is he? I'm looking at the rear view, right? And I'm doing one of these, and I'm like trying to sneak it, right? And I'm, I got some big shoulders, so I know I can hide it pretty well. So I'm over here trying to sneak it, and I'm like, <clears throat> I'm, like I'm coughing like he's going to hear it, like it's going to help, you know? <laughs> so I'm over here trying to bring it over. So what I did is as I leaned, I reached to the glove, right? This is a good move right here, all right? Y'all take notes, young people. I, as I reached, I buckled. All right? So I went, got my, my registration. I'm buckled up. I fooled him. I didn't get a ticket. Okay? But how foolish is that? How foolish is that? Because I've been in a real bad accident, and if it wasn't for my seatbelt and then my airbag, I would not have walked away. How foolish is that? Right? Listen, spiritually, you could come in here, and when... Church folk are looking. You can sneak over and pull on your seatbelt. That's not going to stop you in the middle of a crash. Here's this verse from 1 Corinthians. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. We are definitely not a church of do's and don'ts. 
Okay? We don't have a membership class that we give you a book and say, okay, in order now to be a new life member, here are the things you're going to follow and the things you're not going to follow. Okay? That's not how we operate. There are things that you can definitely do. We, you can choose to do anything. But at the, day, at the end of the day, you've got to be mature enough to say, but what is it doing for me? All right? Why don't people wear seatbelts? In my case, it's because it wasn't comfortable. When I didn't wear it, it's because it wasn't comfortable. There are decisions in your life for the sake of safety you're going to make that aren't comfortable. But they'll save your life. Right? They'll save your life. And you may not even need it. That's the, that's the tough thing. You may not even need it. Right? That's all right. I'd rather be buckled up and ready. When someone comes into my car, if you're sitting in the back seat, I'm not worried about it. My wife, everybody has to buckle up, right? <laughs> With me, my shotgun has to buckle up. If you come in my car, my shotgun has to buckle up. I, I let you know, okay? I believe spiritually we need people like that in our lives, right? That as you're coming in life, they're not afraid to tell you, no, you better buckle up, right? You're living a little too loose. But remember, you got to be able to listen to it. That seat, that ding, you know, it kills you. The people that let that ding go. Like, you ever go in someone's car and they're just ignoring that ding? Ding. Like, five minutes later, I'm reaching over. Like, bro, I'm going to put your seatbelt on. <laughs> but people will ignore the ding. People will ignore that alert. Act like it ain't there. Because they're immune to it. That ding has been going on. It's background. Like, it, it, it's part of their ride. <laughs> right? <laughs> So part of your safety is having people in your life that tell you to buckle up, okay? Boundaries. Boundaries. This is huge. I'm going to hit relationship because I know pastor would be upset if we went a week without talking about relationship, all right? So we got to do it. So listen, there's, a, there's a, a, an advice we always give to uh, people that are dating or people that um, are engaged, right? During your dating process, keep your eyes wide open. Keep your eyes wide open. See everything, right? And then once you get married, you got to have your eyes half shut, okay? <laughs> but there's truth in that because you got to overlook some things, right? We got to overlook some things and work with it. But set up some boundaries from the beginning, okay? Some of you, you got this beautiful fence. Oh, I got, I'm all fenced in. But come midnight, the gate's wide open. Right? You got to set some boundaries. If someone isn't willing, if someone isn't willing to respect your boundaries, what, what, what kind of alert do you need? And then you're going to go into marriage and, and then try to figure out, why am I having these difficulties? Right? Setting up boundaries. Here's one for me, and this is a personal conviction for all of us, but this is a big one for me. When I first got serious, a big one for me was music, okay? Entertainment. Listen, that, that uh, Knights of Hope video got me pumped up. I don't know about you. That Knights of Hope video was like, when, let's do it. I can't wait to do this in Fall River, right? What you're feeding in, right? What you're feeding in, whether it's visually, whether it's verbally, it, it, you're absorbing it. Don't think entertainment is just entertainment, Okay? 
It has an effect on your soul. It, absolutely. It, it puts a deposit into your soul. I remember, let me talk to my 90s heads real quick. I remember, for me, it was Mob Deep. Okay? If I put Mob Deep in a car, I'm ready to fight someone. I'm telling you. If we were, if we were riding and when we put Mob Deep, like, stupid stuff happened. But honestly, though, we got to be honest with ourselves and try to see, like, all right, what am I feeding? What am I feeding myself, right? I, I had a student that was having a really hard time sleeping at night. And then we got into conversation. We're talking, blah, blah, blah. I find out she was, like, absolutely in love with horror movies. And then she was, couldn't figure out why she was being tormented at night. Like, what are you feeding yourself, you know? Um, so boundaries and safety, right? Buckle up your seatbelts. Buckle up your seatbelts. The next gauge is your engine temperature, your temperature gauge. Uh, Galatians 5, 23, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Here's what it, you know, I've read this so many times, and this, for some reason, this hit me more. I think now it's because we have some, some fruit trees, and I get it more, too. Um, it says the Spirit produces fruit. It doesn't say the Spirit instantly downloads, right? The Spirit produces fruit. So, for some of us, you may have people around you that are, are new to this, and they're, they're trying to get it. Okay? The Spirit's producing. It's not going to change overnight. Self-control is not just going to happen, like I said earlier, because you've been in church for two weeks. Right? It's a process. Again, what are you doing? Are you helping cultivate that fruit? Are you watering the soil so that that fruit tree can actually, you know, produce? You know? So if you know someone, and let me go back to, to, to marriages and relationships real quick. Right? If you know that's a struggle in your spouse or your significant other, are you poking or are you praying? Right? If you know that, that that's an issue, and that's an area that they may be actively working on, are you poking or are you praying? So self-control to me, has it can be so many things. You know, things that you say, things that you eat, what your spending looks like, Okay? But when I look at that gauge, for some reason, it just shouts to me our temperament. Self-control, and, and I look at that gauge, that's, that's the number one thing that hit me, is my, is my temperament, right? Um, so what do we do? We know it, right? We know when we lose control. Here's one of the things I think we, we got to do better at is learning from our mistakes and saying those two really hard words, I'm sorry. You know why? Because you'll get sick of saying, I'm sorry, and hopefully eventually you'll change, right? But honestly, learn from your mistakes and apologize. You know, like, it happens. It's going to happen. Apologize. Identify your triggers. Eat a Snickers bar, right? My wife knows. Like, there are certain times that we don't, 
in reality, there's certain you you only get you don't get into certain topics and certain discussions that you know are going to be the hot topics. You don't get into it until you know the time is right, until you have provided the right setting for that to actually be fruitful and go somewhere. All right. Um, again, if it's happening all over the place, if it's happening at work, you know, if it's happening at home. If it's happening all over the place, right, those alerts are going off, right? This is, this is one of those areas where you're going to say, all right, this is a light i got to work on, right? If, if as we speak and as I'm going through these, I think different lights are going to light up. I don't think anyone's dashboard is going to light up on all of these, all right, we hope. Um, but as these things light up, I hope and pray that you're either jotting this down or you're, you're making a mental note or something. And right? say, you know what, that light hit me. That light hit me. You know, um, here's the next light, oil pressure. When I think of oil in the Bible, I think of anointing. And anointing goes along with power. Okay. Here's what um, Colossians 4.2 says, pray with an alert mind. I'm sorry. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind in a thankful heart. We got to, and, and for those of us that have been in church longer, okay, I think this one is even more for us. We got to make sure that when we're praying, it's not just a routine, you know, every day, this is what I do. I'm a man of prayer, right? Because I pray, and, you know, it's, it's that routine Christianese. But is my mind focused? Am I praying? Am I finding time? It says devote yourselves, not once in a while. Devote, Commit. Commit yourself to praying with an alert mind in the thankful heart, in the right heart, all right? You're not going to experience the oil or the, God's anointing with your everyday prayers. Unfortunately, we're not. You know, it's going to take the people that know, you know, the, the result of prayer. See, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking of people within our congregation and all of the just amazing things, like even this week, even this week, there was an amazing report from my congregation. It, it, blow your way. Someone that went to the doctors, got the doctor's report, and they came back cancer-free. Like, when you hear stuff like that, listen, let me be honest with you. When you hear stuff like that, it made me look at myself and said, is there power? What's the power look like behind my prayers? I wasn't thinking about you guys. I'll be honest. I was thinking about me when I read this. What's the power like behind my prayers? Am I just happy saying I have a prayer life? Or am I looking for a, pro a powerful prayer life, right? So the oil in the car keeps your car lubricated. It keeps your gears, right, lubricated. It keeps your gears smooth. If you're grinding, if everything you do in life is a grind, right, from your family life, again, you know, to work, everything, even church, even ministry. If everything is a grind, check your dipstick. Okay? Check your dipstick. If you got a dry dipstick, okay, your engine's about to seize. And I'm not even a mechanic, and I know that. All right? We can't afford, look at this quote by C.S. Lewis, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time. 
waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. Prayer doesn't change God. It changes me. Check your oil gauge, okay? Check your dipstick. Make sure your, your, your prayer life is adding oil to your fuel tank. Don't think you're going to add that oil once and it's going to last forever, right? you got to keep refueling. you got to do an oil change, you know? The oil change to me, like for, for me, sometimes I change things that I do in my prayer life. Like there are times where I journal my prayers. All the dudes are like, what? You what? You right? You know? Yeah, I, there are times where I have to write down my prayers and I actually read my prayers because I know sometimes I need a little something different in my prayer life, you know. Um, so find a way, find a ways to do your oil change and keep your oil clean and keep your oil fresh and maintain. The next one is your tire pressure. See, you have flat tires that come because you're driving down the road and you hit something. Maybe you hit something sharp. Maybe you, you know, you hit an object. Tire blows up, you got a tire pressure, uh, you got a flat tire, you're stuck on the side of the road. There's no gauge for that. That's called an accident. It happens, right? Here's the thing with the tire pressure, though. It's supposed to pick up slow leaks, right? The tire pressure gauge is supposed to pick up slow leaks. You can't visibly, visibly look at two tires and say, that one's got 32 PSI, but that one is running on like 27, 28. You can't. I don't care how good of a make. You can't. You need the, the, your, your dashboard. You need your tire pressure gauge in order to do that. Okay? To me, the tire pressure is the wear and tear of life. Just like tires, the more you drive, as you're going through life, as you're driving your car, it's going to wear down your threads. Right? So to me, this is a gauge that tells us about our lives and the wear and tear. How is my life going? Look at this verse. During the 40 years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet. Listen, 40 years. All right, I don't know what kind of sandals you got. 40 years. And they didn't have paved roads. Here's the key. During the 40 years, I led you. During the 40 years, through the wilderness, it doesn't say... You know that time where I picked you up and we soared in the clouds and the wind was blowing in your hair and you were looking down at everybody else struggling? It doesn't say that. You know, if anybody is coming into church because life has been, you know, hectic and life has had issues and you're saying, oh, if I go to church now, everything is going to be great. Everything is going to be perfect. That's not what our Bible says. This ain't that church. Okay? So, but here's what it says. It says, when I led you, Right? When I led you, the wear and tear of the road is significantly more damaging when I'm driving, when I'm in control, when I'm trying to fight through that wilderness by myself, and God is just waiting for, to say, listen, I'm going to carry you through this one. You know? But instead, I'm stressed out, and I'm trying to make it happen. And I say, no, 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 I got this. I've, I've, I know, you know, like, you're not, listen, you're not willing to listen to nobody's advice. Right? You may pray about it, but you're not even trying to listen to, is God talking back to me when I'm praying? You're doing it on your own strength. Your tire is going to wear down. Don't burn all your treads, okay? I'm trying to do life your own way. And listen and, and check again. What are the gauges that say, hmm, my, my tire is wearing low? 
life is weighing on me right now. All right? Pay attention to those gauges. Again, what are people, what's the situation in your life telling you? Right? Am I burning out my tires because I'm trying to do everything on my own? Next one, we joked around about this one earlier, is, is your fuel gauge. Right? Your fuel indicator. To me, this is our why. Your fuel is your why, is what is in your tank, what drives you, right, in your, in your tank. Is it money? Is it career? Right? Is it entertainment? Is it relationships? Is it status? Right? First Corinthians 9, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. All of those other things we just mentioned, yeah, we can clap for that. All of those things that I just mentioned, not, they're not bad. Having a career, relationships, right, entertainment, none of those are bad. But if that is your fuel, if that is the driving force for what you do in life, for everything that's, you know, leading you day to day to day, all right, you're gonna, your fuel gauge should be lighting up. Your fuel gauge should be lighting up. Do you have goals in your life that have eternal purpose? Do you have goals that the, the, the prize is eternal? Right? And what does that mean? Well, our motto makes it really nice and simple to start. All right? Our motto here at New Life is this. Love God. Love people. You apply that into your daily life. That will fuel you. Right? Towards some different goals or some different purposes in life. Right? Again, when you have, um, when you have goals that are then you're meeting, right? I was talking to someone not long ago, and they were talking about how successful their, their business was. And this is someone I've known for a while, but they were talking about how successful their business was. Um, but they were talking about how there's, they were hungry for more, and they were trying to find out what more was, you know? And you know what that means? That means a dashboard light was going off. And that's great. You know, and that's great when you've reached something. Like, you made a goal and you reached it, and you're like, but wait a minute. This, this, this goal was great, but there's an alert still going off, right? That means there's, there's still more. There's still something else out there. So evaluate your why um, and figure out, is it something that's going to fade when I reach it? Is it something that's going to fade away, or is it something that's eternal? All right? Your next gauge is your speedometer. Now, for some of you, you got to physically check your, your, your actual speedometer in your car because, you know, you're driving a little reckless. Um, but spiritually, our speedometer, Hebrews 12.1 says this, let us run a race with endurance, a race that God has set before us. In order to run long-term, in order to have endurance, you got to have pace, right? You don't just go out there and say, okay, I'm going to figure this thing out and just start running. you got to figure out your pace in life. you got to figure out your pace, right, and build and build and build until you have the endurance to finish. My pace is different than yours, right? Some of us are called to be Corvettes. Some of us are minivans. Hey, listen, one can only carry one person. The other one carries a whole load of people. Okay? 
But what's your pace? Here's the thing. I'm not saying you're going too fast or we're going too slow. I know for me, I know when I'm going too fast. And that's what I tend to do. I tend to be heavy spiritually. I tend to be heavy on a pedal. Okay? And I tend to take on too much. But that's us knowing ourselves. Right? So know your pace because you don't want to burn out. The key is this. No matter what your pace is, you can adjust. Right? But you also got to make sure you're in the right gear. Right? You got to make sure you're always in drive. Again, I'm going to speak to those of us that have been in church for a while. And it's unfortunate. You know, I've been in church for quite a bit. And I see people that have left their car in park spiritually. Right? That gear has been on P for a while now. And they check in and they check out. They go to church and they do Sundays and they do their thing. Right? I'm not saying they don't love God or whatever, but they stop moving forward. Right? There's no point in the race that says, oh, you've reached 22 miles? Oh, great. You know, I'm so blessed when I see people that have been here longer, people that are older, that are, like my parents' age or beyond, active, serving. You know, like some of them are like out here, you know, they're serving coffee. Some of the people are cleaning the church, like active. Okay? Anyone that's been retired, it's, then it's healthy and it's still moving along, they tell you what the key is. Stay active. Right? You don't retire, put your feet up and say, hey, life is good. Okay? Because what happens is eventually your health starts to decay. Right? Because then you're going to eat a lot too. Um, so make sure you're in the right gear. The verse says, let us run with endurance. I love this. Right? Find the right pace, but we're running. It's a race. We're running. It doesn't say let us crawl a little bit. Okay? Let us run with endurance. Find the right pace, but hey, we're in church on mission. And I believe it's a God-given mission. Like, the, the, there's, there's plenty of scriptures that will, that will tell you that, you know, like the harvest is plenty, but where are the workers? Right? God is like, no, I want to I keep things moving. You know, there's plenty to be, to be done. So let us run and not crawl. Then I think of the word endurance. And this is, you know, this is when the old man comes out of me, man. And I was, you know, I was even just sitting here earlier just looking at, I was, I was watching uh, Kofo. By the way, shout out to Kofo. I don't know if she's even here. But um, <laughs> she's always here. And they're the whole worship team, really, right? But I, I love the, the commitment is, you know, it, it amazes me and it, it encourages me. But so I was looking at that and I was thinking of my kids. And I was just thinking of our kids leading worship one day. That's endurance. That's endurance, right? For those that, that come in here and, and they make a quick sprint, right? Quick sprint and then two hours and, and whatever, two months later, five months later, oh, that was a good season. I felt great, right? Well, how about your kids? How about the next phase? Don't you want something for them too? Don't you want to put a deposit? See, endurance is too unselfish for some of us. It's too unselfish because some of us, all we care about, oh, how am I feeling right now? Right? How am I feeling? What am I getting out of this right now? Well, sometimes it ain't about your feeling. It's about the deposit you're making for the future. So check your pace. Make sure you're running a good pace. And your pace last year may be a different pace than it is this year. Different seasons come, right? Just like you hit different roads on a highway, there's different speed limits. 
right? So your pace needs to be adjusted from time to time. Check your pace. And then this is the big light, right? This is your check engine light. Now, here's the thing about the check engine light. When my tire pressure light goes on, I know i got to stop at a gas station, add air to my tires, and $1.50 later, I'm good. Okay? When my check engine light comes on, I start praying. Because it could be anything. Right? <laughs> and then some of us, we go to, like, AutoZone, and we're like, oh, you know what? It needs some fuel injection cleaner. Right, so you get like you know you get to try to get the three dollar fix in there. You get some cleaner and you pour some off. Oh, this will run it through the. You know, this will run through my engine and it'll clear everything up. And we'll pray and the light will go away. Right. So I don't know about you, but when I check engine light goes off and, and I, it lights up, I don't act on it right away. You know, I'm like, come on, light. There's you know tap on the dash. You know, like, <laughs> come on, light. Because um, that light can be scary. Right. So what do you do when your check engine light comes on? You got to bring it in, right? You got to bring it in. You can't, you can't diagnose on your own because you got to find out what the code is, what exactly is the diagnosis. You ever talk to someone and then maybe they haven't been to church in a while and they'll say this, yeah, no, you know, I've been uh, lately, I don't know why, but it's, I've really been feeling like I need to go back to church. You ever hear that before? That's their check engine light. That's their check engine light. Hey, listen. You need, you need to bring it into the shop, right? When you bring your car into the mechanic, they look at the light. They still can't tell anything. They can pop the hood, and unless there's something completely obvious, they still can't tell anything, right? So what does a mechanic do? They have to plug it into the scan tool, right? And that scan tool runs a diagnosis on it. Walking into church is not going to detect necessarily what the issue is with your light, Okay? You can walk in and out, and it's not necessarily going to detect what the issue is with that light. You can leave here, and that light's still blinking, right? But get yourself plugged in. I'm going to tell you right now, get yourself plugged in, and now you're giving permission, okay? Because as soon as you plug it in, now you're giving permission to say, what's the diagnosis, all right? And then here's the great thing. You're already at the mechanic shop, Okay? All the tools are here, right? All the tools are here. The mechanic is here, right? You got to get plugged in, but sometimes you got to leave your car there for a while, right? I don't know about you, but I, I, I hate it when it's like, oh, man, it's, you know, unless you got a really nice rental, but I hate it when it's like, my car isn't ready. How long is it going to take? Right? Sometimes you've got to plug it in, but that diagnosis, is going to, it's going to be a process. You've got to leave your car in there for a while. So check out this verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, also that you may be healed, because the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Once you plug in, this is what happens. You got people that encourage you. You got people that will build you up. You got people that you can come to with your problems. You can confess the fact that you're imperfect and the fact that you have messed up, right? And what will they do? They'll pray for you 
because the prayer of a righteous man, in the prayer of a righteous man, there's healing. All right? That's the scan tool. That's what happens when you plug into the scan tool. Right? For, for some of you that are, are, are new and you're checking this out, I, listen, I don't believe that you're here by accident. You know, I believe that little light brought you here today. Right? Figure it out. Why did God bring you here? What is God trying to do with me here? Some, and listen, sometimes a check engine light doesn't mean your engine's about to go down. It doesn't mean that. Sometimes the check engine light is a quick fix. Sometimes it, is, it doesn't end up costing you, all, you know, your whole bank account. Um, but you've got to get it diagnosed. Right? So we always like to end with action steps. We just went through all these lights. Right? We went through the dashboard. But here's reality. Nobody likes to hear from the mechanic. You bring your car in, and nobody likes to hear from the mechanic. You know, I did your oil change, but your tires are really bad, um, so you got to get all new tires. Nobody wants to say, nobody is like, oh, yeah, you know what? Let me drop $1,000 and get four new tires. Especially because you just drove to the mechanic. So automatically, you're like, but how bad are they? I got here, right? I got here. Thousand, how much a tire? Like thousand bucks. So you can make that choice. But what happens in the middle of January in a cold day, right? When that tire you're driving has no more thread in it, and a mechanic told you, and you got that warning, right? But you said your car was driving that fine, and now you're stuck because one of your tires blow out, and it's cold, and it's raining, and you're stuck outside. What's the first thing that's going to come to your mind? Ah, I should have changed my tires. Right? Here's a reality behind this. We're going to talk about some action steps. We're going to talk about actually living this thing. Listen, trust me. Those of us that get up here, there's a verse. Listen, preparing for this, here's a little behind the scenes for you. I'm preparing for this. I came across this verse. Not all of you should teach. This is the Bible. Not all of you should teach. Right? Because there's great accountability for those of you that teach. I'm like, Pastor Michael, can I back out? <laughs> um, but here's reality. This thing, man, has been messing with me. Honestly. This thing has been, I, God's been downloading on me. Um, and by the way, let me throw this other side note. For those of you that were not here for the 930, all right, Aaron just brought an amazing message this morning. So do you, go ahead, give him a hand. So if you were not here, make sure you listen to the podcast. I almost, I almost deleted my notes before I came up here. I just used his. Um, <laughs> trying to make me feel all insecure before I'm coming up. So we're going to get into some action steps, right, and doing things. We can choose not to look at the lights and the alerts. We have that choice. You can choose not to look at your lights and your alerts but you cannot ignore the damage, right? This morning, God is speaking to all of us. I don't care who you are. There's a little light somewhere in there, right? Right here, you know, starting right here. We can choose to act on it, right? Or we can choose to overlook it, turn the music up, right? Ignore it. But just remember, we can't ignore the damage, um, so let's look at some action steps. And I honestly, I worked on these, and I try to figure out things that I think are ways that we can apply 
you know, an answer to all of these lights. But my solution or my application may not be the same as yours. I'm giving you some, a, a tool, right? But it doesn't mean it's going to be the tool that's actually going to be effective for you. All right? So with that said, uh, our, our number one was the seatbelt. Add a safety measure to guard your spiritual well-being, okay? Add something. Whether it's finding someone that can tell you in your life, buckle your seatbelt, right? Maybe it's just letting that person know. In your mind, you might have somebody, but they don't know that. Give them the green light. And say, listen, I was listening to that message. You know what? You're the first name that came to mind. You know? You know what kind of an honor that is when someone comes to you and say, hey, listen, I just want you to know, if I ever do anything, if I, can you speak into my life? You know? Um, so add a safety measure. Number two. Prepare yourself before engaging in difficult situations. This is that self-control piece. All right? Prepare yourself. Again, we talked about this, um, you know, more in an in a, in a aspect of self-control and losing your temper. Right? There's different aspects of self-control. But when it comes to losing your temper, all right, and, and knowing triggers, knowing times that you're, you know they cause you to act a certain way, um, prepare yourself. You know, the little simple thing that everybody knows, count to 10. Have you ever tried it? It actually works. It calms you down. I remember the, I had a, an eye watch for a little bit, and uh, one of the things that told you every, I don't even know, every so often it told you, stand up and breathe. So there were times I'd be in my office and I would do it. I would just stand up and I would just like take, like it's crazy, but it does something for you. It does help, right? So prepare yourself, whatever that means, Okay. Uh, number three, and as I get ready for this, uh, the, the worship team come up as we, as we start wrapping this up. Number three, schedule time within your day to pray. All right? Don't just do it when it's convenient. And maybe, again, we talk about oil change, right? Remember prayer is the oil, is the power, is the anointing. We're talking about oil change. Maybe the time that you normally do has become too much of a routine, and now you're just going through the motions. All right? Change your oil. When else can I do it now? You know, when else can I adjust? Um, number four, uh, this was your tire pressure. Start your day by asking God to take the lead, but then get out of the way. <laughs> get out of the way for the day, right? You can't, oh God, you know, you wake up in the morning, oh God, I read my Bible verse for the day. Great, I'm ready to go. And then automatically you're on, right? Automatically you start doing your thing. Your tires are going to be worn out real soon. All right? Number five. This is a real practical one. Every time you gas up, think about your why. What's been your fuel? Right? What's been taking you? Um, and what's been giving you the strength through your day-to-day? Right? Think about it. Every time you gas up, just think, oh, what's driving me? What's been consuming me this week? Has it been my job? Is that all I've been thinking about? That's all been consuming me? Right? Put some thought into it. Number six, review last week's schedule. How is your pace? Okay? That's a real practical thing we can all do. All right? Sit down, take a few minutes, and look at last week. How is your pace? Right? Were you out of control crazy? Or did you watch Netflix all week? <laughs> or were you just sitting down relaxing all week? Right? 
Check your pace and help, it, help that set your next week. And then the last one, get plugged in. We talk about the scan tool, all right? Get plugged in. Whether it's cruise, today's your last uh, Sunday for you to be able to join cruise, okay? So if you're not in a crew, great way to start, okay? Join the mission. Get involved in, a, in one of our ministry teams. Again, you'll get to know some people that will help you diagnose why that light has been flashing in your life. Um, or, or doing something like serve the city. We talked about purpose. Go out and bless someone. Go out and bless someone that's less fortunate or someone that's going through a tough time, right? Someone that's incarcerated. You want to talk about blessing your life? Go out and bless someone. So listen, as I go through these action steps, again, our purpose in here and everything, you know, that I wanted to share with you today is, is very simple, right? There's so much that God wants to do. And it takes each and every one of us, right, to be on board and to be healthy. To be healthy. We want our cars running smooth. And remember, those lights go on and those alerts go off. Right? You're going to hear those dings and you're going to see those lights. What are you doing with it? You can choose to look away. You can choose to walk out of here and anything that you heard that made sense, you can say, oh, yeah, no, you know what, that might have made some sense, but I don't really know if I need to change that. But you can't ignore the damage. You can't ignore the damage that comes out of it. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, please share it with another person. And for more information, visit our website, newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.